All right, all, all right. right. Now we're audio style. Hey, so folks, we're back at it. I tell you what, that's, uh, the the one thing I I, I remember because I had this conversation with uh, with Coach uh, Jody Conrad. Man, uh, told me to set my clock. Uh, yeah, clock yeah, ain't never worked. I guess I should just take it down. It, it, well, Doc, that's, down. On, that's on you now. This your this your place of residence. Me and Chris just visited that. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> to make a long story short, you know, everybody talks about Division One sports, um, Title IX. Well, when the sports first got started, there was no uh, NC2A. That was either AAU or AIAW. Uh, and the tournaments was either on campus. Bruce, or they I were decided moving. to take my clock down. That's why you didn't hear Bruce. Me. Continue. Okay. Oh yeah, Bruce. You know, <laughs> you know. We I were, liked that, Bruce. That was a good job. Bruce, we might have to charge you a couple of stakes now. You, you, you making comments? <laughs> 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 we gonna charge you a stake. Uh, but to, it's, it's, we, we gonna get around to, to sitting around one day, and, and uh, four of us we gonna gonna eat up on, on some. Oh space yeah, we gonna bring a lot of people together. We but have uh, an anniversary. Get, getting back to uh, celebration, uh, women's sports. Uh, Coach Summit took the job at age 22, and just began to this within three years, move the program along, and just it, it took a while for for it to, to to catch up. But when you when you look at what why she started it from and where it is now, it's it's, it's almost like an explosion, and uh, yeah, KJ and I have not seen it where we want it to be, mm-hmm. but we're glad of where it's at. We just hope that it won't fall back, because at some point, you know, sometimes it 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 does just because of folks are, are programs are, are kind of like falling off the wayside and budget being what they are. Uh, Let me say this because of my carelessness. Oh, no. Because no, you, no, no, you and I no, go back no, to. Oh, no, no, no. Because of my carelessness, for those who did, did not see the video live that we did on Facebook, since I forgot to rec- turn on the audio recorder, let us refresh for those who may not see it. We're talking about Pat Summit and uh, her, her passing. So for those who did not see it, they can go to you know face- our Facebook page and check it out at KG. Uh, fifth of Wildcat and Doc on Facebook, but let's refresh if we can, rehash, re- speak on some of the things we said about uh, Coach Summit passing and what she meant to each of us. Like I said, she get, she takes the job at age 22, um, and that's unheard of nowadays for any coach yeah. on, on a, on a, on a, yeah, at a major college uh, anywhere, uh, on any yeah, level. Any level. Uh, to, yeah. to, to be told at age 22, I'm putting you in charge of the program and just, yeah. and just that was a sign of the time a lot of times. But you get credit. Uh, sometimes it's about being at the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. But more importantly, taking it, taking advantage of that opportunity. That's what separates a lot of people. Is that you, when you are giving your opportunity, that you make the most of it. True. And I really give showing my age here, but I'm also showing how long I've I've watched women's basketball. Mm. At some point, there was a point, even in some states, there was uh, on the men's side, on the boys' side, but uh, women's basketball was designed for uh, six on six, three offensive players at only at one time could cross midcourt and play ball. Uh, the ball was not put on the floor. It was a lot of passing. Uh, and it was set up to not be physical. 
Well, the game has evolved just like life does. And, I, and I'm so happy about that because now we have what we have. We see what we see. You've got the leagues and all that, that, that are coming around. And you got uh, competition. Uh, one of the, as I say, one of the major sports that was founded here in the United States that has thrived on both sides of the uh, pond, as they say, uh, for women's spo- sports. And I'm happy for the time that the times that I've had to either conversation with her, break bread, or to uh, watch her coach either behind the bench, as KJ and I did one final four. Oh, yeah, we had great seats. That <laughs> Literally, one year. Uh, went to New Orleans. Thank you, uh, and. It's interesting to watch what goes on at a at a at a uh, Pat Summit timeout, and I will I will say that was a lesson learned by all. And just to add on to what I said, you know, for those in it, and a couple of things, I added a a plug-in on our of our Facebook page on the Houston Round Bar View website that hosts the podcast page on the HoustonRoundBarView.com. You can go check it out. You can see the plug-in, and it states, once again, it's on. That's what I led into our Facebook Live. But just to rehash, um, Coach Summit is probably, is honestly, the reason why I covered women's college basketball, her dedication. And and you touched on it when she started at, at 22. Um, she drove the bus in those early years. She washed the players' clothes. She promoted the, the team. She, she promoted women's basketball. Um the story of how she saved Oklahoma Sooners women's basketball because it was about to shut down. It had been decided that it was that they were going to shut it down. Yeah, right. they, yeah, they had. And uh, Coach Summit, I think the year. She helped bring it back because it was shut down. Final Four was in Knoxville that year, and she, along with the WBCA, spoke up and um, basically Say, she what led the, the charge yeah. to uh, keep to make them change their minds and revitalize women's basketball at, at OU. Yeah, which is a very solid program now. So let you so and coach how far and, and they got lucky. They, they coach, hired a high school coach. Right. Took over and she's you know, done a great thing and great job at OU and she's did many things that, that uh, Coach Summit did in in terms of marketing and getting out there in the community and, and, and networking with and communicating and co- connecting with the fans and and media and, and doing what it takes to promote her team, her school, women's basketball. And it, it just struck me over the last few hours of, of how many people were influenced by Pat Summit. I have one of my friends, she's a, she's a poet, and she's 26. She put on, 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 her, on Twitter uh, how much Pat Summit meant to her, rest in peace. And, and I had no idea she liked women's basketball. So, <laughs> I mean, and it may not be... How she, because of how she knows Pat Summit, she just knows Pat Summit and what she meant for women, wow. and and uh, leadership and being a strong woman, and all of that as a part of Pat Summit. And let me read her her dynamite dozen that was in part of USA Today's uh, tribute to her uh, Tuesday. So because it it's uh, it speaks volumes. Her definite dozen, excuse me, her definite dozen. Of what this is, what uh, basically Coach Summits, what she lived, how she lived her life. Number one, respect yourself and others. Two, take full responsibility. Develop and demonstrate loyalty. Learn to be a great communicator. Discipline yourself so no one else has to. 
Make hard work your passion. Don't just work hard, work smart. Put the team before yourself. Make winning an attitude. Be a competitor. Change is a must. And lastly, handle success like you handle failure. It's words to live by. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the people who uh, played under Coach Summit uh, referred to Coach Summit, and many of our players call uh, Coach Summit, called her Pat. Felt like Pat was um, another mom f- for them. You know, I heard Bridget Gordon refer to Coach Summit as, and that's one of the people I was referring to who had made it, made, had a, who has a, had a major impact on her. Bridget was All-American and helped Tennessee win championship. She's now a coach. Shemika Holesclaw, Carol Lawson, Carolyn Peck, who we spent time with at mock selections, and they talked about Pat Summit during our time, during the mock selections, and and um, how much they were influenced by her and to this day. And, and, and I read this during my lunch break today how Carol Lawson still signs autographs, her autograph for fans, her first and last name and her number, Legibly, she takes time to do that for every autograph that she signs because Coach Summit said you never know how important that autograph means to the fans that you're signing, whatever it is, for them. So always take time out to sign your full name, first and last name, and make sure you do it a professional way so that everybody can read it and it's legible. Kara still does that to the day. <clears throat> so little things like that <clears throat> are... Um, we're not even talking about her success on the court. Just right. little things. There's a coach. Um, I think Coach Banghart was at a WBCA functionality convention her first year. I think it was in Orlando. Um, said that she was just like her first year there. She didn't realize that she needed to get rental cars different days and was used to the thunder showers happening in Orlando like a, at the drop of a hat. <clears throat> so she was not prepared for the rain, for the thunderstorm. So she did not have her umbrella. She didn't know where her car was in the lot, so she was just lost, felt embarrassed, you know, getting wet in the rain. Coach Summit, umbrella in her hand, <clears throat> you know, because she's prepared for all this stuff. She's a veteran of, uh, every, for this and says, we're going to find your car. So Coach Summit, talk about a legend here, has a driver, of course, so she's in the back seat. So they go <laughs> down each row of the rental car lot to find Coach's car. So they go through all this time. Coach Summit finds the car before Coach does. <laughs> so, you know, pressing the button, there's your car. So Umbrella takes your car. You know, young Coach is just in awe. Thank you, Coach, blah, 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 blah. Thank you very much, everything. Thank you. You know, I, I feel so embarrassed. So later on, I think at a AU event, they meet, Coach's function, dinner involved. Coach Summit is there. Coach is there also. And uh, coaches wants to thank you, thank Pat Summit, you know, like pay for the drinks, pay for everything. And waiter told her it's already been taken care of. Coach Summit paid for this. She wrote down on the on the little uh, re- on the receipt. I hope you find your car next time. You know, <laughs> I mean, just different stories like that. I mean, Coach Summit meant the world to so many people, on the court, off the court. She make a hose claw uh, in a teary, uh, teary interview with ESPN, recounted how, how Coach Summit helped her battle her depression to make was depression and it's I mean it's just so many stories and so many lives that she impacted and I, and I didn't know or I don't know what the the uh, Twitter count is the limit for retweeting 
in an hour, but I thought I was going to be put in the, the Twitter jail if it still exists because I was just retweeting mm, comments awesome. about Coach Summit left and right. Retweet this, retweet that, how much Coach Summit meant to, to Coach X, Coach Y, uh, Player X, Player Y. You know, Gino Oriema uh, made comments about her, and, and it didn't – their Cold War, you know, still kind of bothers me to this day. You can debate on, yeah. on, on yeah. who I was thought right, who, who was wrong. It thawed toward the, toward, the, toward the end there, especially when Coach Summit when announced that she had early Alzheimer's, you know, a dementia. But, you know, Gino was the first person to donate to the uh, foundation for Alzheimer's research. So <clears> – <throat> Her impact is just legendary and iconic. The people she touched, the coaches, the coaching tree is just so vast. And she did so much for equality and, and women's sports, not just women's basketball. And she she created the brand Lady Vols. So that's that's how big Pat Summit is. So it's just gone too soon, eight sixty four. But we will be talking about Pat Summit and her impact on all our lives for years to come. And uh, even though it's months away, I feel safe in saying that the Dallas 2017 Women's Final Four will, be special. will have a tribute. It's going to be special. For uh, Coach Summit. It's so look, looking forward to that. Um, gentlemen, <coughs> Wildcat, if you don't mind. Let me say real quick. You want, you want to start with my dear? Uh, no, hold on. Let me just say okay. this. Doc, thank you very much for the steak last Tuesday. You were a man of your word. Thank you for, for paying up the bet that uh, we the wager we uh, placed yes, on the last yes, podcast yes, based yes. on uh, the Cavs-Warriors Game 7. Well deserved. I just wish I would have seen the interview that you did prior to making the bet. It was a great interview. Very informative. <laughs> thank you very much. that information. <laughs> well, but see, that would have been boring, though. Because you're correct, you know, I surely wouldn't have bet the way that I did. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have been any fun. No, uh, seriously, I, I thought Golden State got it done, and I think in a lot of ways uh, you have to give credit to the Cleveland Cavaliers and to that point to LeBron James. He exercised those ghosts, those demons, however you want to talk about it. Got that proverbially monkey off the back, um, and. Obviously, he still has some more chapters that can be written that will, in a lot of ways, kind of end where he is. But for the most part, I think uh, for those that are reasonable people and are just not just outside and dislike LeBron James for whatever reason, you have to say now he's kind of crossed that threshold where six straight um, NBA Finals, winning three of six, uh, even three out of the seven of the total he went to from that standpoint. And the fact that he did it against a team that was pushing for the NBA record books uh, with the most wins in the season. And he did it in a game seven on the road, giving it to a franchise that never had an NBA championship, a city that hasn't had a championship uh, in 50-plus years. Uh, you just added all that up, and it was just time to celebrate and tell in a lot of ways that he – you know, was able to get a lot off his chest and release it. Um, so um, kudos to him. So I wasn't really a fan going in. So I could really watch the game enjoyingly in a lot of ways outside of the fact that I did, you know, have the stake on there. But um, I thought you did a great job in terms of the way you analyzed it. And so that's why I joke with you because I thought your work was good and gave me a different frame that I didn't consider. 
And when you break it down, um, it really seemed the fact that after two long series and a long season that the legs for a team that has to do that much in terms of the jump shooting uh, just kind of went went to the wayside and they couldn't quite get it done. Uh, Curry had an awful game. Uh, something yeah, that I'm sure that he, that he will live for a long time. Yeah, he definitely had a bad series um, and really closed that wrong. But, you know, one game could erase the whole series and he couldn't get it done in that game. And then you had the fact that Clay Thompson uh, couldn't add to it. So they made it just uh, challenging. You have to give some credit to Draymond Green, the work that he put in. Uh, but a lot of people always say that his his emotions in a lot of ways it allows him to be who he is. So it's something that is hard to take away. But I think they'll always sleep uneasy that if he was there game five, they wouldn't have never had to worry about game seven. But now that's for the history books, and that chapter has been written. It is what it is. And so it'll be intri- interesting as we have the all season, a lot of talk, uh, Durant, it's leading the way. Obviously, LeBron, the fact that he's on the market, his is not necessarily where he's going, but his is going to be about how much he gets. Yeah. Will he be the first $200 million man in terms of uh, uh, sports, which will be interesting. It'll be very great to see, well, at least I should say in basketball. Uh, I think we've crossed that threshold in baseball a while back. But So I'm fascinated about that. Where would Durant go? That will be interesting. And so – I'm excited about the NBA basketball, and I think the offseason is going to be excited. You still have the Olympics going around, so uh, let's continue to see it done. So I will close on this part, on this section. Congratulations. Job well done, Chris. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank now, you, sir. And real quick, he's talking about my appearance on uh, on the Cube on, on SportsZone Unfiltered. It airs on Friday nights and Saturday afternoons. So I know it's Lopez and it's, Paul Gallant. I know people – are in the now, but where could they find it if they want to go catch and see what you said? I, it was really good. It's uh, I linked to it on uh, also on the Houston Round Bar View. I have a radio TV section on in the menu. You can click on radio TV, and, and there's a link to it on, on that stuff. page. So, yeah. yep. And they can go there now to see to get the uh, uh, the uh, recording of this show there too as well. Right? So yeah, they can go to uh, the the uh, podcast page on HoustonRoundBarView.com and, and click on the link and go to uh, see what we did for Facebook Live. So yeah, it's the longest. And they can go get the t-shirts. That's, that's we right. We have Same a new page. batch in order. So we ordered a new batch as well. So, so we yeah. got everything right there on the Houston Round Ball Review. Go check it out. So yep, I liked it. Seven <laughs> minutes. Next time I remember to press the, the audio recorder at the same time I turn on the camera. Okay. So, but you live and learn. Yeah. Hey. So all this new technology, I'm, I'm doing okay for the old man. So yeah. I do what I can. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Getting back to Monday's night's uh, game. We talking. You know, I had to throw this out there for the state. Yeah. Houston Baptist, Texas yeah. Southern. Yeah. I ain't forgot about that. That's good. It's still <laughs> what, good. What Monday night are you talking about? What, what happened Monday night, sir? Was that Monday, was that Monday night or Sunday night? With what? What are you talking about? With the the. Uh, LeBron James and oh yeah, last Sunday yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought he was talking about uh, uh, I thought he was talking about no college baseball I, I thought he, no I thought he was talking about Copa yeah I, I did watch that the Copa other night. America Ontario uh, where Argentina just you know uh, Chile and I'm gonna talk uh, talk about that too because I I'm, had a I'm good friend that tried to tell me on that one Chile was the, we're going to get it really? done. 
and I was surprised. I'm like you. I was. I'm, I'm going he, with it. Call it. I thought they were gonna get it done. I, I, I figured Messi at one point. Messi says he's gonna retire because he feels personally. And I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna get to the responsible after he missed the kick. Yeah, uh, and, and he's 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 giving it four shots, I think now. Yeah, and he and he's never One got in the it, uh, Olympics. He, I mean, in the uh, uh, World Cup. Cup, but he has yet to get a Copa, and it's and it's like it's it's Three a burden on it, you know, on his on his shoulders. Um, and they're killing mm-hmm. him for those that don't recognize this, and it may not be as deep in terms of soccer at that level, football in terms of what they play around the world. If you can imagine how LeBron James was taking his hit yeah. they, that, on, I on a worldly stage, yes. that's yes. what is going down with yeah. Messi, that's which is very intriguing because you have this different polarization because if you look at what he does for his club mm-hmm. team, yeah. he's arguably the greatest player, and those fans just love him. But when you transcend that and you have the time, chance to play for your country, it's a different it's perspective. Yeah. He doesn't live in Argentina. And no. so you do have some fans right. that uh, give him a hard no, time in a lot of ways, the fact that he doesn't live there. And so this is really going to get intriguing in terms of this. And then you have Diego Maradona. Yes, that's in charge. That's sitting <laughs> that's <in laughs> on charge. top of that <laughs> hill yes. and does not <laughs> and give him he, any and room he, uh, forever to let him breathe. He told him, you are not a leader. I said, that's cold. And, and he doesn't reach out, it, it reach that hand out to give him a helping hand. No, he doesn't. But uh, uh, getting back to the uh, goal, the, the NBA Finals, I was most intrigued about the last five eighteen of that game because what I saw starting to develop was what KJ and I saw on a Saturday morning, in a, on an April April Saturday morning in Clear Lake. An old man saying, okay, let's just settle down. We ain't got to be running up and down the floor. We know what we got out here. Let's just finish this game and nobody get hurt. And I'm going to lead us there. His, KJ, his, his block shot dude, from Andre Iguodala's layup attempt, fast break attempt, that was, will, will go down as one of the most spectacular and important plays in, in, in basketball. I, it was both hands Absolutely. sweeping on both sides of the, of, of the rim, and his head was in the net. <clears throat> and it was a, just a reach. And a lot of credit goes to that that people that may not really catch is what Jr. was able to do that delayed him just a half a second, right. yep. in my opinion, which is credit to him because one of the things that always chastised him is his lack of defense. Right. Uh, but in a lot of ways, his defense in this series is also a strategic True. point. And then he was big and giving those eight points in a row uh, as Golden mm-hmm. State had went on top. And so it's huge because you're talking about a tie game, a critical block uh, at a time that looked like uh, it was gonna, Golden State was going to take an easy layup and right. not dunk. And, and that would have – You don't know how it would have yeah, turned yeah, out. That, that's true. But you're talking about a huge mm-hmm. momentum play. Because now you up until that out. point, that was six – Five possessions. Yeah, no. There was back and forth, turnover. And it would have it essentially the f- first team to score right. was the, able to hold it out. So. And, and less than a minute, and you trying to grasp it all and feel like we're just going to finish this game. And that old man, the young man with that old man's basketball <laughs> mentality and IQ said, just settle down. We're going to finish this game. I got the ball. Everybody just set up, just set up, and we're gonna finish this. And then Kyrie hits that shot, and then it's like, okay, now you put 
Golden State in a position where desperation. They playing against the clock and not against a team now. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's everybody's it's like, both. okay, I got I got to put a shot up. I can't I can't be sitting around and all. So now you're rushing. Not only your your offense, but you're rushing your your, your situation to set up a shot. And then you get two turnovers by uh, by Curry that were uncomfortable, and that's the ball game. Yeah, that's it. Yep. But they I were t- all I, in the streets in Cleveland. And I'm gonna tell they you, all decided. We, the has three he of put us on have been, a shirt yet. He's <laughs> he's selling shirts of his tattoos. Yeah, I saw that. Really, that it looks ugly to me. The back in the front is is a, a shirt if of all his tattoos. If you, if you oh, don't care, yeah. If you're a Cleveland fan. <laughs> So yes, it's all yeah, you yeah, need yeah, to yeah, buy yeah. All, his, all of his tattoos yeah, it's, is it's, on a shirt. It's as if he was, uh, you know, have you seen any shirts now that replicate yeah, yeah, your skin? Yeah, so uh, it's the like camouflage had, type, yeah. yeah they so work. you just slide over. Right. It, his, it's his body, his tattoos. Wow. Wow. And the sales Folks are going are Yeah, sales are going Folks up. are bad. But President Obama told him, put on his shirt, man. <laughs> put the shirt on. Put that shirt on. Then Shumpert said, no, we're going the opposite way. He took off his shirt. So now we have no trend. But you know what, though, it was it celebrating was, his blackness. Exactly, it, it, it was good to see that happen in Cleveland because to go from Jim Brown to this point, that's a long time. That's a long and because when folks was was talking about that, not a whole lot of guys that, not, uh, that watch sports, even cover sports, were around when Jim Brown was was actually playing. You know, so they never – all they know is what the the old man that they see talking. Right. I saw Jim actually run over some folks <laughs> <laughs> on TV. You know, went from – as I say, I, I grew up in a in a black and white world and it went to color. So I know what it's like to, to, to watch sports and all differently these days. But uh, Cleveland, it was well-deserved. He had worked hard. He came home. He, he made it all work. And if and if he I did notice that uh, he really had no words for Dan Gilbert, I think that you know relationship what? is not did, there. I'm glad and you mentioned he that. Grabbed that trophy like that's mine. That ain't yours. Did you notice the way that, that they was all standing together on the podium when Away they were from and it was almost like okay, don't get close to me. Be taking no picture. <laughs> you know, there's a look on his face. You now. like don't be getting close. Don't be yeah. getting close. But I'm sure Dan is happy. He's going happy oh. to the bank. <laughs> exactly. True. And that's, True. A, that's the bottom line for him. So, yeah. You know, but uh, I'm, I'm, I just hope. <laughs> you go buy some other friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what they do. When you're wealthy, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, but that I thought true. I did think it was very interesting. That, yeah. That, that relationship uh, is you know, not forgiven. Because I, I, to be honest with you. It is truly what they say, a business relationship. Yeah. Cause that was the re- the point that everybody was making. Why he he's not going back to Cleveland? That him and the owner just they can't see eye to eye. But I, there was some kind of way though, as as, as my, my parents, my grandparents say, they found a way. As Doc touched on a few minutes ago, NBA free agency is, is hours away. It officially begins Central Time, uh, June thirtieth at eleven o one p.m. Really? Which is Eastern Time, twelve oh one, July first. Uh, so New York, New York time, but eleven oh one, Houston time tomorrow evening, Thursday, June thirtieth. Uh huh. We'll see or learn where Daryl Morey and his Rockets contingency contingent group will, whose doorstep they'll be knocking. 
trying to get uh, convince that what, player the word on or the, agent on to uh, sign or commit to a, a deal because no one can sign until next week. So what's the feel of that right now as, as, as a <coughs> contingency plan of what they intend on attempting to do? I'm going to say it like that. They have a wish list. Everybody's got a wish. Every of team course. in this league thank got you, a wish Thank you for saying that. Every team in this league has got a wish you know, list. And the Rockets. You know, and the wish list inclu- includes Kevin Durant. Well, no stuff. Really? Yeah. I, you know, if I wish. We're going to do a wish not have okay. Holly Berry and Pam Grier. But we're going to wish upon a star. All right, let know. me ask this question. Then. Why should Kevin Durant, Durant leave when he's, he and Westbrook had a, had a time to actually sit and watch what transpired in the next series? And realize where they were, and how close they were. Because I don't think he's just gonna. Uh, well, uh, he, he may leave for the money uh, or for an immediate situation, but he said it's 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 uh, more than basketball. It's not about money, right? It's basketball. Says that's what he said. Right. But but he's he's at a point now. That team is not that. Twenty seven. Yeah, but you, but the <coughs> thing is, you don't know what that means to an individual. It's, it's, it's now that's true. I, uh, yeah, but that, you uh, never know. And I think at some point, people just need to say it. It's his decision. Oh, no, I, I agree. You know, I, we can I rationalize what would be good for us, but it, it's he's not, not coming him. to the Rockets. That much I know. Thank you. Uh, uh, say that one more time, please. That say that one I more time. He's not coming to the Rockets. Say that one more time. Whether he understand that because weeks ago, a week or so ago, right around. Because yeah, but I just don't get how you folks can just hear what's going on and and think that's going to happen. You know, he and James Harden. No way, falling out of the sky in the summer. But he is not coming to the Rockets. But news. Uh, has been reported that he is going to visit the first team he's going to visit or uh, allow to uh, make the recruiting pitch to him is his Oklahoma City Thunder. That'll be first. And then he's going to meet with, uh, go to New York and meet with Golden State, Spurs, Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, and the Clippers. See, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if he's going to meet with those teams if Oklahoma City just knocks him out of the park and says tells him what he wants to hear, and he says, "Okay, well, I'm done." You know, if he, I says, mean, I definitely you know, think there's a chance that it will happen. So it's so nice that he's got him scheduled. You know, teams to meet him in the Hamptons in New York. I think he's gonna meet in the Hamptons. I, I think it's somewhere up in New York. Okay, somewhere fancy, and, you know, resorty that we can't go to. You know, unless we're <laughs> on the staff or the wait staff. You know, we probably can't <laughs> be a part of it. But. <laughs> I don't know now. You we, know, we, Sam Presti and, and his folks and, and I, knock him out the park and say, yeah, you know, okay, well, I'm going to stay here. So we'll see if that happens. Yeah, I, for some reason I figure he's going to actually uh, listen to everybody, make his decision. I, you know, What I think is interesting, a lot of people say in a lot of ways that he already has, for the most part, made up his mind. All this is is to solidify mm. what he's thinking. We don't know what that is, but. And, and his salary cap went up how much this year? And what's Twenty-four million dollars from seventy to ninety-four. So it'll be a one ten, one one. Next 20. summer, be expected to be one ten. That's a lot of. Yeah, he'll sign. Where wherever he signs, it's going to be a one. It's going to be a two-year deal with the opt-out. That's what we. That's what we assume. Yeah, I'd be. Now he said right, he doesn't want to go through this. Like, he has said that he doesn't want to go through this. You know, right? But like I think years, I but don't think you go through it again. But I think you make that as a business decision. See, that's meaning why, wherever you go, that's you where his agent comes in and tells him, explain to him. Yeah, wherever you, you go, know. I think it's still the fact that you're signing a two-year deal with a one-year option. Although what you're going to do is going to sign with that team the following year for a long-term deal. So you're going to select your team that you're going to play with 
for proverbially for whatever five six years, but you're only going to sign a two year deal with the you know with the one year option, so to make sure you can get your maximum money next year. That's what to me makes it really interesting as opposed in previous years is the fact usually your home team, your current team, I should say, has the ability to offer that fifth year. But in this case, I think this is generally null and void because I don't think he's looking for a four or five year deal. I just it doesn't it doesn't make sense because, again, you can sign with whatever team that you want to be with for five, six years. You just sign with two years. What team is not going to say, well, we want you for four so we're not going to take you if it's any team other than Oklahoma City. Obviously, they can do five. Even Oklahoma City, you don't think they're going to say, yeah, we'll take the two years and give you the option and, and hoping that we'll sign you with the thought we're going to give you more money next year to get you for the five years, if you would. So I think wherever he goes, it's a two-year deal. But it's with the attitude that he's going to stay there five, six. <laughs> the other question I think is interesting that you just don't know and you can flirt around and you get you get information out there on both sides. But what is that relationship with Westbrook? And what are they talking in the back door, you know? And True. do they have a type of relationship True. where everything's on the table? Or is it more just a business relationship in terms of when they play? And so has Russell said what he's going to do next year? Uh, does, he, does he even have an idea at this point what he plans to do? Does he personally want to go back home? Does he want to stay in Oklahoma City and be the man? I mean, how does all that play out? And I would think in a lot of ways that's going to be part of Durant's decision. But we just don't know right? in terms of what that is. And that's what makes this fascinating because we get to talk about it, ponder out, and we take little information, tidbits here and there, uh, and try to piece together what we think. I get to the point now, I just like to look at all the scenarios and read and listen. Uh, but I really don't go too far out there. I just let it play out. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the, the salaries that are agreed to in this ne- in these in the first five six hours Thursday night Friday morning. They're gonna be mind mind boggling. It's mind blowing salaries, and, and some folks are gonna some fans some fans some folks gonna be pissed off and irate about you gave so and so twenty million dollars per year. He ain't worth that. Yeah, he is. It's what the market will bear. Thank you. Some team gave it to him, so he must be worth it. He certainly is. Somebody so, wrote a check and said, so okay. Just turn it around to, to that same fan. So you mean to tell me that if a company offered you $20 million, you wouldn't take it? Oh, I didn't say that now. Well, well then, then, same, then, same then, thing. Hey, okay, then. So, yeah. Then shut up. So That's right. It's going to be some right. huge salaries. I think it's great for the I'll, players. I always say. We'll see how, how it impacts next summer or, or the end of, I think, um, the owners or the players can uh, decide to open up the uh, collective bargaining agreement for discussion some point during the 16-17 season and then next summer have discussions and hopefully uh, avoid a lockout because it's so much money. Man. The league is making so much money right now. It would just look really it, – it would look bad from a public Perception perspective, but the fans will get over it. So it it wouldn't surprise me if there's some sort of labor stoppage next summer, even if it's brief. Yeah, you know, I'd I'd be surprised and upset if the labor uh, stoppage went into the season next summer, next season of 2017, 2018 season. That would really uh, bother me a little bit because of all this money that, you know, here for this pie, the pie's gotten bigger and 
and everybody should be happy and learn how to make the pie as equitable for both sides as possible. Doc, earlier today, I, I think I sent both a gentleman comment from Larry Scott, the commissioner of the PAC-12, that uh, yes. we are not expanding. That's I, what he's, Larry Scott said. We are not expanding. He told that to uh, John Wilner no of the San Jose Mercury News. He does a but great what job I covering Pac-12 sports. What I didn't get, what I, what I was looking for, I get, I, maybe I, I, I brushed over it and didn't read it well enough, but his, a, a, a good reason for him not to expand is it's because the next TV contract won't be what they're expecting. Uh, I'm, the, I'm glad you asked that. Because every, cause, cause I'm telling you, that's going to be my number one question to the commissioners this year, this summer. Because let, let these TV you, contracts let me read are not starting his, to get to a point. Let me read you his comments. <clears throat> uh, John Wilner asked, part of the interview, and uh, does Commissioner Scott envision another wave of Power 5 consolidation when several several Tier 1 deals wind down early in the middle of the next decade. Quote, I don't think there has to be more conference consolidation. I like the current construct. We'll see what the landscape is like when we approach the deals. End quote. That's Larry Scott, Commissioner of the PAC-12. On the media rights landscape, quote, I'm very bullish on the value of college sports rights. They keep going up even though the bundle is shrinking. Big events are more coveted. That's why we put such a value on all the Pac-12 content. End quote. Interesting. Doc? Interesting. That is very interesting. I'm not sure. I don't believe. I, I agree with that. I don't think the bubble's going to burst. I think these individuals. And then you have the fact that you. I think people still don't realize that you have these still. These new social media platforms. They haven't figured all that out yet. Yeah, they're, they're still working to see how they're going to capitalize it. You've seen the NFL where they got, mm-hmm. what, 10 $20 million right. for the one game they put on uh, YouTube, on, Yahoo, on Yahoo, mm-hmm. Yahoo uh, just to stream it from there. I think that's the next line that's coming out, and they're just trying to figure out how they're going to monetize that. And I think uh, the appetite for sports uh, in this country is to the point now that uh, it may slow down some, but it's definitely not bursting, and it. it's going in that direction. I think essentially what you see in a lot of ways that the regionality in terms of how you looked at sports um, is not necessarily there, and so that's why the expansion component is is changing in regards to just looking for television uh, components, which is similar to what we heard with Big 12 and how they're changing the direction of how they're looking at expansion because the money is not there in terms of picking up new television, but it doesn't mean that expansion is not important because you have different triggers uh, that take place. So I think it was a fascinating to look at that business side and it continues to trend, as I will say, at the collegiate level um, that until they finally start paying these players at the Power 5 schools where all the money is made, mm-hmm. I think they're going to continue to push the envelope and just uh, gorge for more money uh, because that's the direction that they're going. Wow. Where's Dwight Howard going to go? Who's going to sign Dwight Howard? <coughs> Why is that Celtics? so quiet and right he, now? And he'd be, I, I and mean, he'd literally. Be, he'd be one of the 
players, fans would be upset about. They gave him how much money? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah. Harrison Barnes about to get paid too. Yeah, it's gonna be some yeah. some no. mid tier dudes making huge dollars this in a few that, few days. Now this is gonna be is what's gonna really get everybody's goat. Number ten, eleven, and twelve on teams will get substantial amount of new money this next contract just because money that's available. That's when it's gonna really bother start bothering folks. It's going to bother some people, and this, this, keep this in mind because it's being bandied about that the next collective bargaining agreement will feature some sort of superstar tier. Whoa, Money, this, salaries, this, you know. Explain that. So Literally, explain that. Because, because in my mind, that says something totally different. That, that uh, based on whatever uh, agreed-upon criteria... Superstars, all stars, but you know whatever, first team, all NBA, whatever, whatever is agreed to, will be eligible to make a you know a forty percent of the cap. Let's see. Oh, right, right now I think it's thirty-five percent based on based on your time in, in the, your years of service in the NBA. It's That's a lot. Of 35 percent. No, thirty-five percent right now. That's a big disparity. That's a big disparity. That's getting me to my to my point. You have Chris Paul and LeBron are the power brokers in the Players Association. So that the, the thinking is that they are going to request a superstar tier, which will be great for those superstars, but that's going to take away from the non-superstars, the lesser known, the 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I always say those guys are the ones you need to watch the pace the, the pace <coughs> because they that will set the tone for everybody else. Because if the last guy on the bench is getting million that money. But you, you, in, in truth, will fans, would fans be upset with that? Fans pay to see superstars. Fans don't pay to see the 15th player on the roster. No, but I just think it's the market. I don't know. So I think generally fans would be upset. I mean, just because they see the numbers, you'll see some others. Because folks get I don't think it's going to stop people from focusing. I don't think it's going to stop ticket sales, people going to the games. I don't think all that, when it comes down to it, people want to be entertained. And as long as it's not hurting them too much in the pocketbook, they're going to pay. Because, you know, the veteran minimum is, is based on the years of service. Right. So you got million dollars, you know, for X amount of years in the league, et cetera, and goes most, on and down. Most of them so are averaging about three that to may, five. That may not change a whole lot. You know, you have to sign for a veteran exception based on how many years you've been in the league. It's just the top-notch players are going to get a larger, may get a larger slice of the pie. We'll see how the mid-tier and lower-level players feel about that when it comes time to vote for the next and the agreement in the NBA, the NBA, CBA, it lasts what five years, if that long. Oh, it, it can be up for the gut for a new one next year. That would be, I think, the fifth year, <coughs> because the disagreement has a ten-year is a ten-year clause, okay, ten-year agreement. So it has an opt-out okay. where it can be renegotiated if things change for, for in the summer of 2017. If either side wants to reopen negotiations mm-hmm. and discussions. And and everybody expects the owners <laughs> to do that. 
So the players are happy right now. That you know, no one expects the players to to want to open up discussion. Well, some folks some folks believe Michelle Roberts, the executive of the play association, does want to will want to um, open it up. Open it up to fine tune and tweak a few things for the players. So it's going to happen. There will be a discussions and. Commissioner Silver and and Michelle Roberts have already met a few times to discuss a few things, and they both have said that uh, the discussions have been good and and, uh, fruitful, but that doesn't mean when it's time to get down to it that um, the labor talks won't get ugly for days, weeks, until both sides realize we got to get this done. You know, when wise girlfriends say, uh, we need to pay bills. You know, I, 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 I'm used to a certain lifestyle, and if you don't p- provide, I'm gonna go elsewhere. Kind of thing. Yeah, because that's all the I, money that, that players I, make. Yeah. That is true. But I am interested in is that from the they known this was coming, and they right. put different contingencies and had people hold stuff back. Now that's easier said. Yeah, right. It's gonna be interesting to see have the players prepared Passion for this much more than any other time in the past, and I think they have become more. Most most that. of them have done a better job this time with a nest egg. Um, Michelle Roberts and and the the uh, officers of the union have done a, a better job prepping and teaching, educating the players to ha- set aside some money in case of. Uh, yeah. I think that'll make things a little different. You know. So I'm interested. So we'll see, see how, how many we'll of them did that. Right. And you know, one of the easiest things it's. Uh, happens more on, on the NFL side is where you can get your uh, paycheck for the whole year yeah. instead of just the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Similar to what we do on the teach side. Instead of nine months so as you teach, you can get it over 12. Yeah. So yeah. Instead of six months, so yeah, five months over the season, you get it over 12. The other thing I think is interesting, too, that I'm not sure that I've heard a lot of talk. You have a lot more athletes that have deals. Yeah. So they do have money coming in on different angles. True. Obviously not as much in many cases, but they have some funding mechanisms. So it's going to be interesting to see how much does that also play that the financial pie yeah. in many different areas has gotten bigger. So how does that help them as well? Who are you, sir? I'm Dr. Kidiata Cavill, sports professor here at Texas Southern University. Also, I have a podcast that we do as a radio show, Dr. Ville's Inside HBC Sports Lab with uh, Ryan McGinney, Mike Washington, and Charles Bishop every Tuesday on www.kswhradio.com. You can go there and watch it streaming. You watch this in the studio. A lot of people are entertained by that uh, as we have different people coming in and out of the studio at times and just listening to us. Or you can go to KKBQ 92.9 FM HD 2 and listen to it. You can also catch us on your telephone at TuneIn app at www. Yes. Uh, just KCOH Radio. I yeah. should say KCOH. And it'll come in on TuneIn app. And for those that like to listen at their own time, because we're on every Tuesday from 6 to 7, mm. you can go to SoundCloud and catch it as a podcast. Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Um, and uh, we obviously look at HBCU Sports so right now it's very interesting because we're getting more into the business side of things, uh, talking about uh, different concepts of HBCU sports, whether it's looking at the commissioner's different business frameworks. 
But football is always going on. So one of the latest conversations that I thought was interesting, I'll give a little love t- to a friend out there. www.hbcugameday gave the top five quarterbacks in the SWACs or what he perceives as the top five quarterbacks Ooh. coming to the season. And the fifth one, I'll start at the bottom real okay. quick, right. I think is the most interesting one because he has not played a down in the SWAC, but he's made the list for the top five. And I guess in a lot of ways it just lets you know the caveat of being an SEC guy from the University of Mississippi. Uh, Devontae Kincaid, now at Gremlin. He is really? from the state of Texas. Those in Dallas are very familiar with him, and those that came up with high school football remember him. Uh, at what he did his days in Dallas at Skyline. Uh, just uh, really having a great career, but couldn't quite really uh, start crack the starting mm-hmm. line at, yeah. at University of Mississippi over there in the SEC. Uh, but he comes in, and they think there's enough talent around him and the scoring machine from Robert, head coach Roderick Fobbs. They believe that he should be ranked number five. You can go and listen again to our show, and I think you can really get some intriguing comments as I had some students in the studio uh, that are preparing to launch their own show in mid-July, and I gave them a chance to kind of market their show. I think that's what we do to young folks, getting them in the business and the game, hey, whatever forward. you want to put do it, uh, say, I should say. Uh, but I thought their comments were very on point, very good. Didn't necessarily agree with everything, but they were on it. So shout out to them as they got it done a kill. Uh, as one of the guys on there providing that information, just uh, shouting out, I thought he did a tremendous job as well as Robert. So give them some information on that. Quickly, closing out here, top four. and Might get a quick comment from you all to see where you think maybe the top two or three, whether you agree with it. Number four, Lamontez Ivy, Jackson State. Okay. They flipped some of that. So, again, I tell you, go listen to uh, – uh, you can go to Facebook as we have the streaming component on there. Twitter, you can find it where we put it on there. But also, again, SoundCloud, Dr. Cavill's inside the HBC Sports Lab. Number three, Austin Howard at Southern. 65.4% of his passing attempts last year, so he completes at a relatively high amount, throwing 16 touchdowns to just four interceptions. So very solid. Played in a championship two years ago as they lost all corn. Uh, two years ago, couldn't quite get back to the championship game last year as Gramlin did, um, but it'll be interesting to see. And number two, Lenorius Footman from Alcorn State, as he played in the SWAC championship game and earned that championship as John Gibbs Jr. right here mm-hmm. at Booker T. Washington, mm-hmm. uh, injured and couldn't get his spot back after he uh, himself thought he was well enough to do it, but didn't want to take any chances with him and Footman was playing so well. He's number two, number one right here in our backyard down the street. Prairie View is Trey Green. He comes in ranked number one. He sure. 300 yards three times last season, including a season high 414 yards against Gramlin. That wasn't a loss, which kept them out of the championship game. He threw for 2,612 yards, completing 58.8% of his passing to go along with 21 touchdowns and three interceptions, uh, helping the team to a 9-2 mark. He was uh, one of the inaugural finalists for the Ben L. Cowboy Senior HBC Football Award. Mm-hmm. We will be doing that award again, kicking it off uh, for the Labor Day Classic yeah, down there in the new stadium, making announcements. I'm very excited about uh, Ashley Roberts 
Robinson, the AD down there, let me to do that. Uh, that will be November the 30th. So lock that in your calendars. Terrific event sold out. The banquet. So we'll put the banquet. Uh, so we'll put those tickets on sale. I encourage you to come down there and see some of the top players out of Texas. As Jonte Abair played in Prairie View, running back, signed a deal in the Canadian Football League, took home the trophy last year. And you have, some, money. you have some high caliber candidate players that will be on the list. Uh, obviously, another candidate actually signed a free agent deal, uh, the kicker for Texas Southern University. Uh, he was a finalist for the award. Uh, we'll see what he can make the squad this summer. So we'll keep some eyes on it. So we had some talent that was up for that award that I was really excited to see about that. So look forward for that information coming. Any thoughts on the top two or three guys there? You said you agree with Trey Green yes. being at the top yep. on that list? Yep. Yes, I do because nobody else is in front of him right now. You know, Footman is, is, is would hold his own, uh, but he has to come through for a full season. That's a great – that's the point I made. That, that, that's, that's the only thing I'm looking for. Full he was season. solid when he did it. T- uh, yes, Herman, I said it. Full, full season. <laughs> he got to come through for a whole season. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see that. But you have a lot of people out there that think Austin Howard should be higher. Um, you also had uh, Akil talk about the fact that Lamontez Ivy should be higher, but Austin uh, uh, for Robert should be higher in that components. But then Alabama A&M, Alabama State, uh, they couldn't get on. Should they be top five? I thought that was a great argument there in terms of uh, I'm not sure if I can did, yeah. I, I put a, a top five guy yeah. if he hasn't played it down in the swag. I'm right. just not sure if I'm Yeah. Well, speaking I'm of that played it down in the swag, um, how is the uh, new uh, the new left-hander? Has, has he arrived on campus uh, at Texas Southern yet? Haven't heard anything. They're keeping it quiet around here. They're keeping real quiet around here. You know, it's, when he bust that – so I'm, I'm, let me let me say it, let me make this statement then. Will we have to wait until first the first week of practice? Or will practice be closed and they go indoors until it's the a new coach? So we have no uh, idea. Because how we, he we don't know what this guy looks like. I mean, I I I, I don't. I'm, I'm telling you, I can't I can't think about a crowd. Big surprise. I think that last class is, is going to be magical for many different reasons. One thing I will say, there's been new coaches over the last couple of years, and every year a new coach has come in, they have won. That's true. Over that the last true. three years, it's been that a is, new that coach is true. that's taking the positions one. So that's something, a trend, to see if it continues to keep you interested and something to think about there. Uh, but you have the fact. Uh, that Prairie View is opening a new stadium, 15,000. So it should be packed in there. Very exciting. It's a Sunday night game. Uh, so it gives time for people. And now they announced that it will be on TV. Uh, so you got a broadcast game. ESPN 2 or you uh, will broadcast the game, one of the ESPN networks. Mm-hmm. And that's going to come after the MEAC Swag Challenge. Uh, so you have a full slate of games. So it should be very be a good interesting. Weekend. Uh, it's going to be a good weekend. You got your oh, Houston Cougars and Oklahoma. I should be by the time the game starts on Sunday evening. I should yeah, be Yeah, I plan to sneak over. Now that they split the days up, I don't have to. Yep. I can share my loyalties there. I can, I can get out there and have some other fun and get around. And so I plan to get my TV on and, and my game fix in. And it's my understanding I might sneak out there with Chris to see if he'll allow me to tailgate with him. <laughs> he better. <laughs> he better. Hey. You know, I got to make sure I stay on this good side. 
I did pay pay up the stakes. So. That is true. You did do that. So yeah. Uh, and who are you, sir? I am the Fifth Water Wildcat. You can find me on online at uh, Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck at Jerry L Woodley Jr. J L Woodley One. SoundCloud, um, YouTube. You can find me at AKSV the CSR the College Sports Report. Blogger, Blogspot. Wildcat. Yes, sir. Have you heard or did you hear earlier today that uh, Big Luke, John Lucas, would be joining the Rocket staff? You know. Really? I, yes. I, I, he's I just heard it a few minutes ago. It's been out a few, few hours, but, you know, working in the office. That's good for him. So That's interesting. Or, or, or that, that means that there's a change a coming. In charge of player development. Like I said, there is a change of coming. James Harden, well, did you hear that? I, I, in a lot of ways, I think that fits because he's done that. Well, see, with and, player and development, he, it's just been open, not with a particular but, and, team, but it's been with high he, high school kids, rehabilitation, those that have gotten in trouble. Middle school. So, middle school. So oh, yeah. he's done it. So the skill set that he has in terms of player development, there's no question that he can do that. James Harden. So it's, it's, in hey. a lot of ways, it's a smart move for him. Well, the question things. is with James Harden's fact is really, listen, we know that he has a skill. Well, I'm going to say And you would think that he would respect Lucas, but the question is, is – you can have respect and still not listen. The question is, is can you transcend the ability? That's the key. Is That's going to be the key right there. He prepared, when I say he, hard novice. Is he prepared to take that next step? There's been some good sign in the offseason that he's working out more than ever. So that's a good sign, at least compared to what happened last year. Well, but we know we'll John, John Lucas will give it to you straight. He yeah. ain't going to pull yeah. no punches. He'll yeah. tell you if you're playing a lot of crap, but you're yeah. playing, doing a great job. You know. One thing KJ and I have, have, have had the opportunity to is, is sit in on his. Which uh, may be his, a good thing for him. Maybe that's what he really For a lot of these players. players. Yeah. For a lot of them. For a lot well, of them. I, I, we know this, though. You've been around coaching, though. Oftentimes, it's not just what a coach says, but it's the fact does the player believe that the coach ultimately has his best interest in right. terms of him getting better? Right. There's a lot of coaches that are smart in terms of tactical operation and what they do in game and they're fake. decision, but they're fake and yeah. they're very and players can read that. And one of the things that you measure individuals for is that ability. Do you have the whole package? You can be a great coach, but if you can't relate to people, you know this. Yeah, it's not gonna work. man. And uh. so. Much of this is on Harden, but the other part is about the coaches. Do they have the ability to transcend and do that? We've seen that. If you think about it, to go backwards a little bit, we talked about the Cleveland Cavaliers. The one person we really didn't talk about was the head coach. Tyron Lue. Tyron Lue. Yep. Uh, he came in there and got it done. Now, many people were upset of how it happened, but the fact is now it's paid dividends that it was right. It's not an indictment necessarily on coach. His in a, his ability to coach the game, we knew he could coach in terms of the championship did over there. But his ability to relate and transcend and make players better in terms of and, and getting things done at that level. And there was also one final thing I must add: his ability to do that in a crunch time. And we saw some weaknesses last year in the playoffs in terms of calling those timeouts and things of that nature that didn't work in his favor. That really probably. Uh, made the question mark go up a lot more. So that that's something that you have to think about. Gentlemen, I am disappointed in both of you and a bit surprised that neither one of you has brought up the local nine professional baseball team 
and their winning ways over these last few weeks. The Houston Astros are rolling yeah. right now. I hadn't started yet. They're 42 and 37. <laughs> you know, they're, they're playing good bas- baseball, and Ho- Jose Altuve is looking like a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, he certainly the, the, on that level. And the reason and I had all of my right baseball now, knowledge just have for this to podcast right now, uh, <laughs> playing I'm, some I'm, very good baseball. I'm watching the uh, but, the weather. But, uh, but the problem to have, the I'll let you get into uh, the, the, this the particular. But the long framework of what the Astros doing, the problem to have is the Rangers. Rangers are playing and as they great can't beat the Rangers, not better. And it seems like right now, no one else can beat the Rangers. So you're exactly right. You think the Astros are playing well. The Rangers Astros are playing are really well. In, so. But they're in wild card position. Which is so, the important, is right. that now you had a wild card, and I think that's what they really are playing for at this point. Long season, so. You they're can nine see and a half games behind the Rangers. Point. At this point, this is where you want to see them go. You talk, and Rangers have had a late season uh, fall from grace recently, so it could happen again. So that's something to think about. So I think a lot of that. No, what I talking uh, about baseball, college baseball, baseball World Series. Yeah, they're they're on a weather delay, and it's uh, I've got my radar set up they now. They might have to push that back into uh, uh, on a fifty mile. We'll see how that goes with television time. I had it at a fifty, and I've I've taken it to a hundred uh, mile radius, and this is not going to be a good night for them. Uh, and I've been up there when the weather has changed, and that is a tornado alley type uh, yeah. area. Yeah. And when it gets bad, it gets bad. Exactly. Thing that I want to talk about that is the fact Coast Carolina. I think uh, yes, y- the fact that Surprising. you have a program essentially at the FCS level. They will be transitioned to the FBS level. Mm-hmm. I'll put that out there. And uh, to the uh, you talking about perfect timing for an athletic program. The fact that they're moving to the Sun Belt FBS level, and you have this baseball team that is eating up all these different times. You talking about benefactors coming in to support that local businesses want to get involved. Boy, you talking about getting a brush of good luck. But the fact that they have a chance to do the unthinkable. You thought that the Fresno State Championship run was big. If they can close this out, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, it may look like uh-huh. it's huge. The fact that they got here is crazy. The fact that they stretched it uh, to a final game is crazy. But they play some very good baseball. I've seen them uh, in terms of the first round as they got out of the regional and then the super regional against LSU. And they were able to get it done in multiple ways. They can uh, go y- yard with the home run, as you talked about, long ball. Uh-huh. Uh, they can play They play bunts. They Small ball, as they Small say. Small ball, as they say, get around. Station over. to station. Station to station. They steal bases. They're aggressive on the base pad. They pitch well. Defense, everything that you want in terms of a scrappy, well-oiled machine, very solid baseball team. But the fact that they're at the FCS level just amazes everybody because we talked about earlier, big bank take little bank. Definitely uh, in this game, you find in the fact that the little bank, comparatively speaking, it's finding a way to get it done. So I think that is interesting. Wildcat. Yes, sir. Who used to work at Coast Carolina? I was going to ask you that question. Is she still there? No, 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 no. I'm talking about in one of the uh, departments of athletics. At Coastal Carolina. It was AD. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, faces in front of me. Name has drawn a blank. Um, help me out. Help me out. Help me out. Help me out. He's, he's at my alma mater. He's not AD at my school. Yeah. The, uh, Hunter Urichek. Yes. Isn't I can have right? was AD at Coast Carolina. Yes. yes. Before coming over to U of H. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Well, you yeah. see, he's done a lot of good work. And I hope that's so good. Oh, I sure hope so, too. That's, yeah, that's where I was going with that, yes. As, mm-hmm. as we move on, one thing I did want to get out there, we talked about passing early in the show. You also have former NFL coach, defensive guru, Buddy Ryan. Provided me with the best Sunday. Obviously, entertainment right here out of life. Houston. In this, and one of the most memorable pictures he has when he's. Yes, my best Sunday of mine. Punch uh, that he put on who? Kevin Gilbride. <laughs> and yes, this, that's how we remember this, his time here with, with the Texas, with the with the Orleans. That's how we remember. Yeah. And cantankerous old man at times. Hey, but, uh, you talk about his TV defenses and though. And just, yes. Wasn't any question that he could coach defense. True. True. I mean, he would just turn him loose and says, "Okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do nothing else. And that, just do this." And you go back and you see that video, and you start thinking now the co-coaching scenario, how amazing it was, and the fact that he left. And many people believe that that uh, was part of the impetus of Chicago Bears oh. not being able to go back to back because they right. were still talented but couldn't quite get over the hump, you know, uh, which you, made a lot of the players quite mad. As they say, so, especially on the defense side. Of yeah, it. you, it's. it's at some point, you would have hoped that they could have they could have worked it out. Yeah, with Dick and them, but no, it wasn't to be too too big eagles from too many people. Yeah, yes, and uh, UT has filled their baseball position. Who did they go with? They went with David Pierce from Tulane, uh, formerly of uh, Sam Houston State, right? Sam Houston State, all that. Yeah, uh, pretty solid coach. He's got oh, it done yeah. with smaller programs, so. He'll have the money, so it'll be interesting to see can he rebrand that I'm, program I'm because the other Texas program. I'm glad my coach over the stayed stayed here. He interviewed for the job yep. up there in Forty Acres, and he, he should should have stayed here. Should have interviewed for the job. Mm-hmm. He's very talented, and that's what I was talking about. The other programs in Texas have that upward trends. U, U of H, what they've done in baseball the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. TCU, a lot of people would say they choked in terms of, but that that Coast Carolina, as they were two games up, came back and. Fulton got it done. Texas Tech, as they were, also went away from having all Big 12 final. Uh, I, I was happy for them. And then, I, I was, obviously, I really Oklahoma State So, uh, in terms of Big 12. But Texas teams, Texas A&M, uh, they got in there. So, Texas has some work to get done. And don't forget programs like Rice that are still in the hunt. Uh, yeah. yeah, Trying to get it done. So, it's, And it'll, it'll be interesting how – you know, baseball yeah, is alive and well in Texas. High school baseball is alive and well, which which is good, uh, basically because that's that's, that's the field. That, that's the that, that's the uh, both into the pros and yes. Um, by the way, Doc, um, how is it, is the Southern thing is situation has it finally got resolved? Southern, all? yeah. No, it's not resolved. I'm, I mean, talking, about resolved. Base, I'm talking about on the baseball side to where. Well, no, yeah, it looks like they're not going to make any move on the head coach. A lot of people questioning and doing that. Uh, okay. The other well, news that, that, to that, talk that, about that, swag that. baseball is Melendez. Uh, he's leaving Alabama State and taking the job at FIU, uh, which was big news around. The wow! State in terms of his, that's two coaches leaving out of the conference, going to uh, stepping up. Yeah, uh, he he came from Bethune Cookman, right? Played at Bethune Cookman, coached at Bethune Cookman, a lot of championships. Yeah. He's been flirting with different jobs, and uh, finally, uh, somebody gonna give him a shot. Got the shot. I think in a lot of ways, this is really a good fit. When we talk about that, is the fact that he's back in Florida, mm-hmm. black in Miami, close to Puerto Rico, where he gets a lot of his kids. Yeah, that area has a good mix of Latin players. 
good baseball overall in that area. Right. So recruiting wise, he should be right in a good position. A new facility, baseball facility, was just built there, similar with yeah, Alabama sure State. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's going to do well. Intriguingly enough, a little bit more about HBCU history is the coach that was previously at Norfolk State is the basketball coach there. Uh, so you have two HBCU player co- mm. coaches that were able to get out of the, their conferences, Miak, Swack, respective, as just talked about. And then, obviously, as you said, with all corn and football. And the one good thing I like about that is coach. The other programs outside now are starting to look at HBCU. Uh, yeah, I think in that way it's I, a good trend. I, I think it's still some question in terms uh, these guys are good fits. Uh, it's still out there that two yeah. of the three that we talked about were minority in the SWAT. You're talking about both uh, were not African-American. True, that true. Way from that standpoint. So the, 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 the other question I think is interesting that you talk about is their experience of the Melendez uh, – he was at Bethune Cookman, but they're individuals that came outside and were not just located in terms of HBC sports, that they had different experiences. So it's going to be interesting to see what this trend means and is it an opportunity now where people continue to look about seeing coaches being able to transcend, which is something that hasn't happened in the past very much or very often. Cougar, how's things going in Cougar Land these days? I know they got football camp going on. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to see Greg Ward uh, spend time at the Manning Passing Academy. Uh, I am too. An honor. That, that tells me he's that growing tells me into something. the position. He's Growth. becoming a leader, a vocal leader as well. Growth. And he's being recognized for his uh, talents. And i um, looking forward to him. I'm enjoying Coach Herman. And the media recognizes him on a national level, promoting the program, promoting U of H. Sure. So hopefully he'll be able to stay, U of H will be able to keep him uh, at least another year after this year. Successful season, hopefully. We're expecting high expectations for U of H football this season. Even if uh, Oklahoma wins September 3rd, still high expectations. Uh, I want competition. Oh, heck yeah. I want competition. Um, well, I mean, they should score points against Oklahoma. I don't, I don't have a doubt about that. Now, I'm not sure the defense how it will, will fare against Oklahoma, but it's, just, it's going to be a high-scoring game, you know. With this, and if, and, if, and if I get that, I'll be happy. Turn, turnovers obviously play a part in it, but I'm looking forward to the game. Doc already touched on it. I'll be tailgating. Well, I'll be drinking. My friends will be putting That's organized right. stuff. I'm you, gonna be drinking. You, 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 you're not a football coverage guy. So I'm, I'm not gonna stuff, be right? organizing anything except <laughs> where to drink. That's all I'm gonna do. Is, you know, where to drink. Tell them y'all show me where the food is. I'll be right there with, with a cup in my hand. So that's what I'm gonna do. And go Cougs when the game kicks off. I'll be right there rooting on rooting on my, my Cougars. So yes, it's almost time for free agency on the NBA side. Wondering what the Rockets are gonna do. I don't see them landing any mega stars be a free agency so we'll see how it all plays out for Daryl Morey and uh, Les Alexander and and uh, Tad Brown the draft they got some uh, big man pro- you know prospects no supernovas so um, how was the uh, with the uh, introduction of the, the players and all the, 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 the draftees that they, the, far, they didn't have intros because one of them uh, Joe Chi you know 7 foot right. 2 210 from China he, he didn't come over for for a press conference did a uh, posted interview with Daryl Morey after <coughs> that they drafted the two picks. 
That's on my YouTube channel, Houston Ron Bar View on YouTube. We talked about basically, <coughs> excuse me, one of the, the quote that I have for the video is Daryl Morey saying that uh, we don't really emphasize the draft, you know, as a quick fix. <laughs> we look at the draft as a long-term, no. you know, as a building really? foundation for for. for oh, the he team. has no choice. I mean, he making it <coughs> to the playoffs, even this. So you're not going to get a high draft pick unless somehow you make multiple trades. So it, it makes sense for him to say that. It, just uh-huh. it makes sense for him to say that, but it also gives him a way an out for his piss poor drafts in the first round. That he, the lack of success he's had with first round draft picks. My as point his, is that, as you know, as a, a GM of the Rockets, but mm. you can go to my Houston Round Bar Review blog as well to get some info on that. I'll have some info about the free agents. Uh, we're just hours away from getting all that stuff done, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to wrap it up. I think we're set for next Wednesday Yeah. for another podcast. Yep. Try to get on the schedule. Oh, one last thing. We got the uh, USA Basketball men's team announced it, the the roster, oh, the yeah. 12, and they'll have an exhibition game here in Houston August 1st against um, Nigeria. Hopefully I'll be approved for a, a press pass for that. So... Um, what but about they, the, uh, but the the roster? Women. They're not coming here. Okay, um, but have the have the team been put together then? That's what I'm yeah. asking. Oh yeah, <clears throat> uh, I'll go on that. Second, we touched on that at the last podcast. This okay, is mostly uh, that's good because Candace Parker is not on the roster. But for the fellas, Carmelo Anthony in alphabetical order: Carmelo Anthony, Harrison Barnes, Jimmy Butler, Demarcus Cousins, Demar Derozan, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Draymond Green, Kyrie Irving. DeAndre Jordan, Kyle Lowry, and Clay Thompson. So it's a versatile team. Two centers in uh, DeAndre and Demarcus Cousins. Really, the international game is much more perimeter uh, based. That's where you see the NBA going as well. But in- internationally, even more perim- perimeter based than the NBA. The keys to win the gold medals is defending the perimeter, pressing the ball uh, as much as possible up up getting, the floor, getting rebounds, and starting break, and knocking down. Uh, three perimeter shots, three point shots, because the teams try to zone you, and and good luck trying to zone, uh, you know, Clay Thompson on the floor. So, Clay Thompson <laughs> and Kevin Durant in a short of three point line. So, and Kyrie Irving too. So, I expect them to win a gold medal again. Uh, Coach K will get a, get the job done one more time. Win so the gold in Rio. So, will it be who? Uh, how many timeouts get called in this game? I, he shouldn't have to call. Well, he should he shouldn't have to call any, but he will um, to keep. Players focused. That's it, and, and that's what I'm looking. So yeah, he, he'll because okay, he'll Coach K, he'll do that just get guys keep get guys focused. But um, let me see if I can pull up the uh, women's roster here because, like we touched on it, you know, Candace Parker is not one of the twelve, and that's really all that matters. It's like four players from Minnesota Lynx: <coughs> um, Maya Moore, Sylvia Fowles. Simone Augustus were three of them and Lindsey Whalen. So four Lynx players are, are on there. So um, their favorite, heavy favorite to, to I think win their sixth straight uh, gold medal. If I think some people were, were concerned about the number of international players in uh, the draft thinking that the NBA basketball is, is in trouble. <laughs> are you, are you no, off your no, mind? What, what, no. What, what, Don't what get it twisted, at? folks. So, Don't get it twisted. 
get it in a future podcast we may discuss what ralph has cooper has discussed in in uh, previous years where has the white american ball player basketball player gone true i mean it's not even in the suburbs anymore so um I mean that's just that's the question we can discuss no, opposed well, to yeah we know, can I mean they're playing other sports so exactly make it really simple but you know we can get into why we think but there's some question of why yeah I think it's very important to really look at that and what scenarios are taking place here's here's the uh, women's roster women's gold medal team Sue Bird Tamika Catchings Diana Taurasi Simone Augustus Sylvia Fowles Tina Charles Angel McCautry Maya Moore Lindsey Whalen. Elena Deladon, Brittany Griner, and Brianna Stewart. Yeah, that's gold medal. So, <laughs> so uh, we can l- yeah lock it up right there. Yeah, and move on. Going to wrap it up. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time, your insight, your knowledge. I think we're set for uh, next Wednesday for another podcast. Yeah, we can talk about see if the Rockets have made the <laughs> signings. That's right, because by that time, the, the, uh, the, the moratorium will be over. Well, well, not signings, agreements. Okay. Because you can't sign players un- until right. July 8th. You've got a seven-day seven window of the moratorium. So teams will announce agreements with players, and then once the uh, financials have been hammered out, that's when you can get the, uh, agree- you know, sign the contract because you know how much you're going to get. And it's 5% so within with, uh, with the uh, uh, team's. I'm talking about as far as the the the, the, money, the money salaries and all. It's got to be within on, on trades or, or whatever. It's got to be within. No, fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. Okay. Depending. I on had a small window. I was trying yeah. to help him out. Depending depending on <laughs> you know challenge. what's in the contract and stuff. It'd be a challenge. It'd be a challenge. You're making it more challenging. Yes. Narrow. So, some of them need to. Some of them need to be challenged like that. I they mean, seriously. Because so. some of the the deals now they be making is like ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> so yep. So we'll see if Rockets reach any. Agreements with free agents. Be interesting to see if the Rockets re-sign Jeremy Lin. That's been discussed, bandied about. So we'll see, because uh, he did thrive under Mike D'Antoni when he was with the Knicks. That's yeah. when Lin Sanity was born. Yeah. So we'll see if that, that happens. Happened. So that is true. It's gonna be fun. Looking forward to it. Thank you once again for your time, knowledge, and insight, Bruce. Thank you for checking out the uh, Facebook Live. Thank you for your your comments. And we still need to get together with you for uh, the stakes. Yeah, man. At the spot, so yeah, let's work on that. We'll get that uh, going. Get that get that started before football season gets underway, because these two gentlemen will be very busy once college football season oh, yeah. kicks off. Yeah. So let's work on that, Bruce. Thank you very much. Gonna wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.